This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Gordon, uh, we're going to, even though it's the Yankee day off, we're going to start with the Yankees. And the reason why we're going to start with the Yankees is not only was Aaron Boone on the Michael K show in his weekly spot, but Brian Cashman was on the Michael K show today as well. Yeah, lots to say, right? Lots to say. Now, there's a couple of things. Uh, and, and here's what I want the Yankee fans to do at 1-800-919-3776. I want you guys to give – it's been a couple of days now since the trade deadline is over. I want you to give your team a, a grade on what they did at the deadline, A, B, C, D, or F. Right? you got choices, A, B, C, D, or F. So I want you to give them a grade. Think about it and let me know what you think. Uh, one – the. But, and I'll get Gordon's thought process in a second. I kind of know already, but I don't know where he – I know I know he's not an A, but I don't know if it's an F. So we'll, we'll, Gordon will tell me where he rates them. But one of the interesting questions that I was so glad the guys asked was for Brian Cashman, how far did things get between Washington and the Yankees on Juan Soto? So here's what the Yankee general manager had to say. It seemed like their focus specifically on that player, it just felt like, you know, reading the tea leaves, part of the engagement, clearly. Uh, and the media does a great job of unpacking what is and what isn't real. It, it seems like the, you know, the the focus was San Diego and maybe St. Louis, but clearly San Diego was, was real and, and was concluded. So we certainly engaged, you know, our counterparts in Washington as we engaged the the other 29 teams as well. All right, Gordon, so translate that for me. Does that sound like they were active? Does it sound like, well, we kind of knew that they really wanted to go with San Diego, so we had a, you know, a, a, a perfunctory, you know, a courtesy call to see what, you know, what, what they were looking for, or was it somewhere in between the two? To me, it sounds like he is of the belief that given what they were willing to offer for Soto, they were not players. Now, I don't know if that means that they weren't players for Soto because they had nothing to offer. I find that very hard to believe, um, considering you know some of the top-flight prospects the Yankees have in their organization. Maybe that's possible. Washington just wanted nothing to do with, with uh, Anthony Volpe or Peraza or, or Dominguez. But it, it sounds like he's, he's, he's telling you one thing, but he's not telling you the whole thing. Right. Like it seems like, according to him, Washington was not really in play for them. But why weren't they in play? They they had no interest in anything that you had to offer, because to me, um, maybe there was more that you could do. Right. Like maybe they weren't interested because the first call that the Yankees made was, well, Anthony Volpe is off the table but we'd be willing to talk about other players or Jason Dominguez is off the table, but we're willing to talk about other players. If you say that to them, yeah, maybe they say, you know what, we're not really interested in what you have to offer, but maybe it's the other way around. It's kind of, it's almost like we don't have enough information to, to make a real judgment on what he's saying there. Yeah. Cashman did a great job. That's what he does. <laughs> that's what he job. does. I mean, like, where do you think like, you know, that's Yankee speak, you know, the Yankees are, do a very good job of, of saying words. It's almost like Jeter, right? Like yeah. when Jeter was here, he would say a bunch of words, but did you really get anything out of those words? Did you really get an answer? Nah, probably not. Uh, but that was the goal, not to give you really a straightforward answer. There was a line in Star Trek years ago, Gordon, that said, your words say nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and well, that's what we just heard. <laughs> yeah, Brian Cashman has a lot of words. He, he is very good at talking oh, around the problem. He is a wordsmith. Yeah. He, he does a great job. Uh, but, you know, it, it's interesting because I would be curious, Gordon, to find out what would of the current roster would have been.
to have to add to whatever the rookies were. And if memory serves me, Volpe, shortstop, isn't there yes. another shortstop they have? Yeah, Peraz is the other shortstop. They're so both why do you need two shortstops? One of them should be available. You would think, right? I mean, it, maybe it's the type of thing that if you're a really good middle infielder, you are going to stick at shortstop for as long as possible because you can always make the change to another position, right? Like the best mm-hmm. guy is going to play, you know, like in Little League, right? The best guy is going to be your shortstop because that's the guy who's the most athletic and the be- probably the best player overall. So it's probably that same type of thing, right? Glaber Torres was a shortstop the entire time, came up to the majors and clearly couldn't handle shortstops. So they moved him to second base. If you want to move him later on, you certainly can, but... To have that shortstop availability, or at least to be projected as a shortstop, I think has more value than if they're playing somewhere else. Yeah, I got that. But, I mean, you know. Right. You should be able to move one of them. You should be able to move one, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to keep them both. But they both go – we go one in second and one in shortstop. Uh, if if you got an opportunity to get one, so the one of them should have been able to go. Well, I mean, here – yeah, it seems like when you get the chance to add somebody of that value at that age, there should be no one who is not available. Um, mm-hmm. So the way that Cashman worded it made it seem like he was putting it on the Nationals as not being interested in what they had to offer, but it also kind of feels like to me that the Yankees weren't willing to make their best offer either. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. I, I found that interesting. The other interesting thing, Gordon, uh, was about Aaron Judge. And uh, the guys asked Brian Cashman, does the fact that he's having such a great season makes the contract more difficult? Loving every home run off his bat because what's good for him is good for us uh, and good for our team. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, when when the uh, spring training ended, you know, the you know the expectation was play the year out and, and let's hope he has the best year he can ever have and because that would translate into more wins and that's certainly what's happened and you know so we're excited by what he's doing and hope it continues and and excited by his teammates and what they've done as well now gordon uh we've said that and i know that we talked about conspiracy theories early in the week oh they they're not gonna play him are you kidding this is what they want they want him to bend they're so happy he's having the year he's having because it makes them more money gordon and it makes them more successful and ultimately their job is to go out and, and, and try to win championships. So if he's having the year, nobody expects him to have this type of year, but he's ha- the year he's having, it's got to put a smile on Cashman's face, Hal Steinbrenner's face. And if it ends in a World Series championship, Gordon, they'll pay him. I'm, I'm, I just think they'll pay him. They ha- I know they have a line. I know they have a salary in mind. And I know they have some wiggle room within that salary in mind. But uh, I, I, think, I, I think he'll be back. I just do. The, the idea that anybody could portray what Judge is doing this year as anything but the best-case scenario is completely delusional. He, this, is the, this is the way you draw it up. Yep. I mean, he's been the best player in the sport. He is the reason why you've been the best team for a good portion of the season in the sport. He has done everything. He's having a career year. And look, they're the Yankees. Mm-hmm. If they want to sign him later on, they will sign them later on. There's no amount of money that another team can offer. They're the Yankees. They're printing money. Yes. Now, I don't know if they will sign them. I think that they'll work out something. I think that Judge wants to stay a Yankee but wants to be compensated at the highest level in doing so. Uh, but that, that's a question for later on. It can always go bad later on. But at least right, right now, this is the best-case scenario. He's been healthy. He's been awesome. And the team has benefited as a result. And as, as I said to you the other night, right, like if, it, if I ask you the question, 
this is the only way that you would have gotten this great of a season with him playing for a contract. <laughs> I think you would have signed for it because that's how great he's been. He's dominating. Dominating. <laughs> he's dominating. He hasn't just been. He hasn't just been good. He's been. He's been outstanding. Consistently outstanding. All the all the criticisms that you had and worries about not giving him a long term contract, he's answered. Has he been available? Yes. What do we have to stat? One hundred two out of one hundred six games he's performed in. Okay, you know, starting. Okay, so he's been available. Has he has he come up in the clutch? Well, he doesn't come up in the clutch all the time. Has he been clutch this year? Ah, uh, yeah, he has. There's nothing. We, we've asked him, Aaron. Would you mind playing center field? He was the center fielder for for at least a month. Day in and day out, and handled it with ease. Yeah, he's done everything he needs to do to get paid, no question. And he's he's put the team on his back offensively and carried them along to a team, even though they've struggled over the last what thirty six games, like at five hundred, they struggled at the they're eighteen and eighteen. I think going in the last thirty six games, Gordon, eighteen and eighteen. You're still thirty plus games over five hundred. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and and we talked about it last night because, like, the Angels or teams, you can have individual superstars, and they can be awesome, but it doesn't really translate into winning. No. It would be one thing if Judge were having this outstanding year and the Yankees were, you know, third place in the American League East or they were only, like, five or six games over five hundred, because then that really leaves you in a, a, in a difficult spot after this year, assuming you don't win at that point, right? You don't win the World Series. Uh, well, do I bring back Aaron Judge when, with him being as great as he was, we were only like this, you know, middling team? No, that's not been the case. He's been awesome. The team has been awesome. Everything has worked out great. So to p- portray this in any way that this has not been the best case scenario for Judge for the Yankees is ridiculous. Yeah, and and <laughs> they're loving it. <laughs> They're loving it. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll have some more discussion. Want to hear from you. Grades on the Yankees uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, Gordon, uh, not enthused. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Not enthused. We'll get his thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting about the Yankees, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone on the Michael K. Show earlier today. All right, Gordon, uh, let's stick with Aaron Judge because that's, a, that's an interesting comment, some interesting comments by Cash. Uh, now, listen to these two. This is the first one was asked about going public with their offer to Aaron Judge. Here's what uh, Cashman had to say. If he was upset from it, it would be new. Uh, his camp was aware a week before, you know, that that was going to be public, so it wasn't anything new. Right. So, um it was like, hey, we're either going to get a deal done. We're not going to get a deal done. We'll be very transparent because there are no secrets. Things get out regardless, mm-hmm. so we're just going to run right to it. It's so highly covered. So instead of it being, again, I feel like I've you know covered this ground before, but uh, but ultimately, if we left it as is, the next day would have been we offered this. You know, uh, I, I get- says is what the offer was. So so it was coming either way. So we were just very open and transparent because it was such a big uh, uh, focal point. All right, and then Gordon Don later clarified to say he was wondering if Aaron Judge was upset about the offer being made public. Here's what Cashman had to say. If he was upset from it, it would be news to me. Okay. Because as, okay. And again, this ground was covered back then too, which is his interactions with me have all been really good. Okay. It, it's always has been really good, and even at that time it was really good. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just more of an understanding that this doesn't work. Uh, hopefully down the line something else will work, you know, and you know, at least that's the atmosphere that's – that exist and and that's more than 
you know, even though you don't have a deal, you know, at least that's what you want. You want the the atmosphere in, in play that uh, there's still intent and interest to try to find a way to get a deal. Um, but there's no guarantees that come from that, as you know. But uh, but we're very excited and, and thankful and uh, uh, about the year that he's putting forward, and that's why we're in a good position that we currently are. All right, Gordon, do you agree they're in a good position? You think they are? Uh, well, I think they're, they're still probably the favorites, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they're having this amazing – now, of course, it's going to depend on how the story ends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if yep. uh, if things turn, you know, really south here and they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs or if some team comes in and just blows the Yankee offer away to a level that they just don't feel comfortable, yeah, it could always go south. But I, I do agree with him, and I know that this has been criticized when they did it, about releasing what the contract offer was, at some point that would have gotten out. And let's go through it. Like either it gets out and it's the right and then they have to confirm it, or there's a very good possibility that somebody puts it out there and it's the wrong numbers. And then they got to, you know, go back and say, no, that's not what we offered. So they would have released it then anyway. They would have been kind of forced. Their hand would have been forced. So um, I have no problem with it being out there, that that's what he turned down. I don't think anybody – well, I mean, maybe fans, but most people in the media never took it as, oh, my gosh, there's no way you could turn that offer down. I think everybody's general consensus feeling was fair offer, but he's betting on himself, and that turned out to be the right call. And that's a great and that's a great move. <laughs> it's a great move. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, here's the interesting thing for me about this, Gordon, and we'll get back to our conversation about the trade deadline. But I just think that – They'll be able to, and I'm consistent on this, and I'm just going to keep saying it. I really think the money is not going to be the issue. The question's going to be, and I don't know that we know, how many years is he willing to take, right? Is he, does, does eight years or 10 years, does 10 years make a difference for him? Is he like, okay, and of course we don't know. This is what he and his team have to figure out. If it's like, you know, is, is it better for him to go seven, bet on himself, and then he could always get an extension? Is it better for him to take early money in the part of it, go shorter with years and get all the money he can, Gordon, as opposed to the Yankees saying, well, you know, the later it goes, we're going to try to cut back on the money because we don't know what you're going to be in those later years. And neither do you. Yeah, well, look, here's the thing that uh, is kind of – think about all the amount of time, the articles, the conversations, the talking that we have spent on Aaron Judge and what his next contract is, what the Yankees offered him, what he's looking at, the amount of times that Aaron Judge's contract has come up, and yet the media, who covers this thing and is all into it, has not gotten any idea of what Aaron Judge's camp is looking for. That has not – There's not, I, I haven't seen it. Not even a ballpark of he's looking for what's the most important thing to him. What's the mo- – is it, is it total years? Is it total money? Is it money per year? Nothing. Not a single thing has leaked. And, and considering the amount of time we have spent talking about it and the amount of interest that there is in it, Think about all the articles that have been written. Oh, the Yankees are in a really bad. How many times are we going to write the same article about, well, the Yankees are in a really tough spot now because Aaron Judge has made himself all this more money? Why doesn't somebody go out and try and find out what it is that Judge is actually looking for after this year? Yeah, nobody has. You're nobody right. has. Hasn't even been a sniff. Hasn't even been, well, you know, the most important thing to him is going to be X. Yeah. We have no idea. 
They've done a nice job. They're not negotiating in the media. There's no question about that. No, (laughs) they're not letting anything slip. (laughs) And and, and look, maybe maybe they don't have a specific thing, but it seems kind of hard to believe that they've gone down this road and they don't, you know, Aaron Judge doesn't know or his camp doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Hey, the most important thing to us is going to be he wants to be the highest paid player per season. He wants to set a new benchmark there or he wants to be the highest paid player overall. Because, you know, if he wants to be if he wants to match anywhere close to the Trout contract, Aaron Judge, I feel pretty confident in saying, will not be a Yankee next year. Mm. Wow. I mean, well, I mean that, that contract is – I mean, already the Angels are starting to pay for it, and they gave it to, to, uh, gave it to uh, Trout when he was a whole lot younger. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're talking some – you know, and, and maybe that's what he's looking for, right? Nothing wrong with looking for it, but if no, he's looking no. for something in the longer lines of $400 million – I think, at least from the Yankees, he's going to be disappointed. Well, I, I heard Jeff Passan today, and, and, and I'm a little concerned what he said about if DeGrom is healthy, what his asking price is going to be. If DeGrom stays healthy and pitches how he did last night, that is what the price tag is going to be. It's going to be $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Gordon? <laughs> $50 million a year for Jacob DeGrom. So let, let's play the game. If Jacob DeGrom... And we don't know what he's going to be, but let's say he is close to the Cy Young Award winner, right. two-time Cy Young Award winner that he is. And he gets $50 million a year as a pitcher. Gordon, what, what is Aaron Judge worth as an everyday player? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can want whatever you want. Uh, yeah. I think that you know. I, I think that the thing that Jacob deGrom has going for them is that he plays for the one team that might be willing to offer him that. Yes. I don't know if there's another team anywhere who's going to be investing $50 million in a pitcher who has just who has made one start in the last calendar year. Mm-hmm. So you can want whatever you want. I want to be a space captain. Doesn't mean that I'm going to the moon anytime soon, you know? Mess leading one nothing. Yeah, so that's so so I mean when I heard that I'm 50 million? Wow. I mean that's that's that, that's, that would be crazy. I mean that would be crazy to offer that's, that. That's I mean how that, do you, nuts. How do you do that? How do you? Well, I, look, I, I can understand that him putting that out. You know, maybe it's his camp that's putting that out there because Max Scherzer got forty million dollars a year, right? And and yeah. and, and and. But Max Scherzer has pitched in the past year, right? Yeah, I mean Degrom <laughs> is is significantly younger, um, but you know, like this idea has been out there that he's going to leave the Mets and sign with the Braves. Braves aren't giving him fifty million dollars no. a year. Who? What team mm-hmm. would be giving him fifty million dollars a year? No. I feel confident he's not going to get $50 million a year. I do, too. But I'll say this. If you're Aaron Judge's people, you hear this. What do you say? We, well, we should get, if he's right. getting 50, well, look, he you pitched know, once in a year. We want 55. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you go to the garage sale, right? And, and somebody might be selling the, uh, the old music collection for $1,000. But if nobody's willing to pay, him, pay $1,000 for it, what good is it to be to hold on to, right? Like you can go into free agency saying, I want this and I want that. But if nobody's willing to offer it to you, well, then you're not worth it. No, you're not. And the music collection price will drop. Exactly. <laughs> At some point, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's going to be – see, but now that that's not – but Gordon, that's not going to be the same for Aaron Judge. <laughs> price is not going to drop for him. The price is going to go up for him. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, if he if he wants forty million dollars a season, I don't know that there's that many. I mean, like you're really looking at a very narrow field of teams that might mm-hmm. be able to offer him that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, boy. But but Yankee fans. Forget about that. You just enjoy the season. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a pro that's tomorrow's problem, right? You yeah, got enough today problems to worry about. Yeah, you do.
like what they did at the trade deadline. We promoted it. Gordon would give you his thoughts on the grades. And um, there was an interesting conversation with Aaron Boone and the guys today about, you know, Montgomery, Gordon. And it, I found it a bit curious. We'll see what you think. And everybody else next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> the grades of all the teams that made trades. Yes, before the at, at the trade deadline, right? At the trade all, deadline, Every yeah. team in Major League Baseball, 30 teams, and uh, it's but it, it was done by Jim Bowden, so former um, GM. Former GM. Uh, he gave the Mets uh, a, a C, yes, and he gave the Yankees an A. An A, Larry. <laughs> you don't agree? <laughs> uh, well, no, I don't. You know, it's very hard for me to look at a, a trade deadline with the amount of big-name impact players that change teams. And the Yankees didn't really get any of those guys and still say to yourself, even though they could have used some of those guys, uh, and still say to yourself, well, this was, this was a bang-up job. So I'll give you his reasoning here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees had three main goals going into the trade deadline. Upgrade left field with plus defense, improved bat-to-ball skills, including better on base percentage. Enter Andrew Benatendi. Improve the starting rotation. Enter Frankie Montas, one of the best starters on the market. And upgrade and add depth to the bullpen. Enter uh, Lou Trevino and uh, Scott Efros. Uh, then he said, um, the Yankees filled all of their needs, remained the team to beat in the American League, and improved their chances of beating the Astros in the postseason. Really? Is, uh, is that a fact? Do we know? Uh, they improved. They're still the team to beat in the American League? I don't, I don't know about that. I mean... You might have the best record in the American League. That doesn't necessarily mean you're the team to beat. And then he went on to say, I boosted the Yankees' grade from A- to A because they didn't include top prospects, Anthony Volpe, Jason Dominguez, or Oswald Peraza in their deadline deals. Their best under-the-radar move was acquiring Efros, a situational righty with low deceptive arm angle and elite chase rate and a slider changeup that opponents don't uh, hit hard. Uh, look, to me, the Yankees get a C. Uh, and, and maybe I'm a tougher grade, and certainly uh, if, when I was in college, I would not have liked me as the grader uh, because, to me, when you're when – you're ta- I mean, you look at the names that change teams, mm-hmm. and the Yankees, you know, they, 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 they filled all the buckets, but they filled the – you know, rather than putting all the water into one bucket, they put a little bit into all three. So mm-hmm. you improved all three, I guess, to a degree, but they weren't the best options. Nobody is going to say Andrew Benatendi was the best option. Nobody's going to say that Frankie Montas was the best option. The bullpen, I'll give the Yankees a pass on that because I trust their judgment, and generally they've done a good job with that. So I'll leave that out of the equation. But that doesn't get you an A in my books. Well, it gets you a B. Uh, Not to me. Uh, Again, (laughs) you know, uh, I'm not going to jump uh, Benatendi so far, but for all the people who are screaming and yelling, oh, batting average, this guy's a perfect fit. I think he's got one hit and 20 at bat so far. So uh, he's had a good season. He's had an above-average season for him. His batting average did look nice, but when you when you take into his batting average and balls in play, he had been fortunate, and that's mm-hmm. going to eventually. We've seen in history that that eventually evens out, and I think that this is the evening out process, and that doesn't even take into account the Montgomery for for Bader trade, which the Yankees now have almost created an area where there's an issue where there wasn't one before. Yeah, and and let's stick with that for a second, Gordon, because on the Michael K show, Don and Peter asked Aaron Boone about it. And it, it was his comments were kind of interesting. Here, check this out. This is um, Aaron Boone on what it was like f- to tell Montgomery he had been traded. Really hard. 
awkward because um, I, I didn't know up until the final minutes. And I didn't even know that something was necessarily in play until, you know, an hour or so before. So I didn't – it came out of nowhere for me. So it was shocking. And, and you know, at that, at, you know, 6 o'clock, we're getting ready. We're preparing for, for the game downstairs and all, and, the, and then that came down. So, like, I, I went and grabbed him in, the, in our food room and said, hey, come with me. And I don't even think he knew what I was bringing him in for. In fact, he later told me thought I was messing with him, and I just, uh, you know, I walked in my office with him. Um, I I called because Cash couldn't come downstairs because they were trying to finalize stuff around at, at at the deadline. It was like whatever five fifty, you know, <laughs> in the evening, and brought him in my office. Called Cash, put him on speaker, and and you know, Cash told him, and and then we we just kind of he and I sat in my office for the next few minutes and just kind of stunned you know i was a little surprised that aaron boone admitted that he knew nothing about this deal coming down because normally the, the manager has kind of an idea of, of what what's going down right you, you sit down with your manager and you have a discussion hey here's some of the things we're looking to do at the trade deadline here's some of our options that apparently did not happen with with uh with montgomery and later when cashman was meant was asked about it he said it was something they knew 48 to 72 hours that the Cardinals were just waiting for him to get back to them about it. So that was a little curious to me, Gordon. Well, I mean, what is the thing that when the Yankees hired Aaron Boone that they were looking to have as the manager? They wanted somebody who was going to be part of the process, right? They wanted it to be a collaborative process. It wasn't just the manager making decisions, playing by you know the seat of his pants with his gut. It was everybody kind of has a hand in making the right decisions. Apparently, that collaboration only goes one way uh, because it doesn't sound like Aaron. Maybe Marin Boone was just completely, um, you know, we're just completely reading into something that's not there. But listening to him there, it sounds like he was completely floored that this was a possibility. And it sounds like Jordan Montgomery was almost like that scene in Jerry Maguire when Jerry Maguire gets fired by Bob Sugar, where he's like, you should say something. This is real. And he's just completely – it just came completely out of left field. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that one is going to be a puzzler. Uh, that is going to be a strange one. And it doesn't feel like – you know, the more time passes, sometimes you get more clarity, more you get an idea of why they made that deal. That one, it doesn't feel like as the time has gone by that it, it seems like it makes more sense. And what's really interesting about it, and, and I get that they wanted to improve themselves in, in the outfield and whatnot with a plus outfielder and everything like that. But I tell you, Gordon, what's really interesting about that is, okay, if you had 48 to 72 hours to make that decision and you're watching and you're seeing how your pitching staff is right now, you find out that Severino has been moved to the 60-day. All right, don't you reconsider that? Don't you say, well, you know what? Maybe we need to hang on to Montgomery to have a little depth in our starting rotation. We'll eat this year. I mean, Cashman went on to talk about the availability of him. It sounds like that they didn't think that he was going to be a part of the rotation or be, uh, you know, part of the playoff roster, Gordon, because he went to talk about, well, we're getting Castro back. He mentioned Zach Britton. So there yeah. were so many there were so many people that he mentioned as far as pitchers coming back that you kind of got the impression that Montgomery wasn't going to be part of the playoff roster, but they had an opportunity to get somebody who they hope, hopefully, in September will return to be part of the playoff roster and somebody who gives Aaron Boone some more flexibility in the outfield. 
Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I get it. You know, defensive replacement out there, somebody who can come out and and really get after it in center field. Uh, and even if, if Montgomery was not, I, I agree. I don't think that he's a starter come the playoffs, but there's a value of having a guy in your bullpen that if things go south, you're not emptying out your bullpen in one game to get through it, right? You have somebody out there that can give you some bulk, you know, give you three or four innings, and it's not that much of a challenge. Uh, so you're not using every reliever that you have in game two, and then you got game three, the next, you know, in two days or something like that. So... Yeah, it's just a puzzling deal. I don't think that anything that has happened, nobody has given, I, I, I don't think anybody has given anybody a, a reasonable explanation for why this deal made sense. Especially a lefty pitcher. Because lefties normally get the benefit of the doubt, Gordon. They get more opportunities. Right. <laughs> yeah. Look, and again, the counterpart. you know, as we mentioned last night, it's not like Jordan Montgomery is Cy Young. Right. We, right, we realize right. that. Yeah. You know, he is what he is. But mm-hmm. what he is, is is still valid. I mean, I think he's thrown the second most innings on the team this year. I'm sure he has. He's been a consistent starter. He's taking the ball every five days. And and that's important. <laughs> that's important. It, yeah. It's an odd trade. Um, and it's almost one that, like, you know how you said after DeGrom's start, you get up and you're looking – you know, making yeah. sure nothing nothing comes across the wire, yep. nothing comes across the Google. Yeah, uh, it, it feels the same way. It, it almost feels like uh, you're tempting fate, where somebody else is going to get hurt, and it's not like nobody's hurt already. That's right. You, you've got you've gotten plenty of guys here that you're dealing with little things here and there, innings limits, injuries, and dependability is not always the worst thing. No, it isn't. No, it's, just, it's good to have that consistent guy in the lineup, Gordon. It, it just is. It helps. By you. the way, did you yes. see Joey Gallo had his first at bat as a Dodger today? I did not see that. Home run. You want to take a guess? Oh, I feel like TikTok. Yeah. Uh, double. Strikeout. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's picking up right where he left off. Same old it Gallo. It was a strikeout. Yeah, so, same you. old Gallo. New hey, can't, beard. Can't blame, can't blame the fans for that. No, no. Can't blame the New York fans for that. You still struck out. Yeah. Still struck out. You know what's puzzling to me? And I, I don't mean to go back to the, uh, the, the stuff with uh, Soto. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But, you know. The, there was reports today that the Otani stuff never really went anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the Angels just uh, and, and Artie Moreno had no interest in, in in trading him, but that the Yankees were one of the teams that either talked or made an all. You know, sometimes they say, "Oh, well, we never made a formal offer," but you know, they're talking about pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's only reasonable to expect that if they talk to the Angels about Otani, all these top prospects who all these Yankee fans are making it out are are so untouchable. All those guys had to be made available, sure. right? Like, you don't call about Otani and say, well, you know, Volpe's off the table and Dominguez is off the table and Peraza's off the table. If you're making that call and you're going out to, to you know, it's not like the Angels are going to be like, yeah, we'll just take, like, your sixth and seventh best. No, you're going to have to, if you're making that call, you have to know going in, your best prospects are going to be part of that deal. It's just interesting to me that it seems like the Yankees were more interested in a far more um, – uh, unlikely deal when it came mm. to Otani than the guy who everybody everywhere said was going to get traded before the deadline and did in Soto. Yeah, it is interesting. Unless they really felt that the Padres were going to make, they really wanted what the Padres were offering. Like you had to beat what San Diego was presenting. I think that would you could have. I, I mean, like at the end of the day, it all it comes down to what the Nationals feel about the Yankee prospects, and maybe they don't think that the Yankee prospects will will pan, pan out. And, and look, with the way the Yankee prospects have panned out here in the past, uh, it's not exactly uh, you know they're not really going out on a limb there. But it just seems like that there was never the desire 
to pursue Soto the way that his talent and his ability uh, should have been pursued. I like the uh, Naquin deal right now, Gordon. You do, right? Yeah, because he's just gone good. deep, and the Mets <laughs> now have good. a 2 nothing lead on the break. I mean, this could be, you know, by the end of the weekend, you could have as big a lead as the Yankees have. I could. Uh, you, sweep, you sweep the Braves. Yeah. Especially in the loss column. That would be big. Especially oh, in that loss huge. column. Huge. You could have a nice little, I mean, I'll be on vacation, but you'll feel like you're on vacation. <laughs> I w- I'll feel pretty good. And I'll just have an eye out to see when we go there because, you know, it's a little different in Atlanta. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, boys. Gordon, have a great, well-deserved vacation. and uh, Have no fear. Larry, Larry, I think Buck's only problem, I'm, I'm – Thinking positive, off to a good start, is to uh, ration out Diaz. Because I think we're getting um, Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, listen, you couldn't ask for more from DeGrom. You know what you're going to get from Scherzer. And, uh, you know, these trades and all, boys, look, it takes time to play it out. We don't know as much as we think we know. We really don't. Of what I was getting tired of Montgomery Gordon. I really was. I liked him. He gave you innings, but it's something he kind of had that uh, I call it uh, Coleism now. That one bad inning, and I go way back with Cole. My buddy lives in Altoona, uh, near Altoona, Rolling Spring, Pennsylvania, and the Pittsburgh farm team was in Altoona, and he kept telling me. This guy's got great stuff, but he has one bad inning every three games and blows up. That was in double A. So Montgomery, they might have thought this was it for him. You know, he he started good. He gives you the innings. He fights through, and he wouldn't have gotten any burn in the playoffs. So um, they must know something we don't know. And with the Yankees, too, you know, they still have the good record. When you look at that lineup they put out yesterday, it was, it was pitiful. Stanton's not coming back. I heard today until the Boston uh, trip, which is the end of the nine-game or eight-game road trip. So, uh, again, I'm not going to uh, criticize you guys, but uh, both teams are in first place. <laughs> you know? So well, let the Mets take care of business. They got their guys lined up. They'll have the reliever lined up. And, uh, you know, uh, three out of five is fine. Four out of five is great. And I don't have to tell you what's five out of five. But let's that get would the be, first That would be first. fantastic, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. And once again, I hear what you're saying, but more, this is more of – and, Gordon, you, I'll speak for you. In this case, you feel free to disagree. But this is more of not looking at the division. This is more postseason we're looking at now. This is yeah, this of course. is what does what what takes you to that next step. We're not the, 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 the more so the Mets the division than the Yankees. Clearly, you're right because the Yankees have a great distance. It's it's more so Mets for the division, but still both are looking forward to to the postseason because, as Gordon has mentioned over and over and over again, it that's what counts for both these local teams. It's rare for the Mets to be in, in the same position right now to say it's all about the postseason. But the way they play, they've, they've, they've been pretty consistent except for a couple of weeks where they, they weren't great. And that, that West Coast trip, Gordon, that first West Coast trip, the, the Dodgers and Padres mm-hmm. and whatnot, mm-hmm. it was a struggle. It knocked them for a loop. But but as I thought Showalter would do, he got, guided them through it. They got back. They got back on their horse, and they're riding pretty good right now. So – it's not about, you know, of course we know about Atlanta and whatnot with the, with the Mets. They're going to be there, and the Mets know they're going to be there. So what the Mets can do when they face them one-on-one, 
beat the, beat the tar of them as many games as they can, and then you just worry about it. But for the most part, it's now August. We're looking at October. The, the, the season is, is not the priority right now. Yeah, I mean, everything that we're bringing up, it, it's not about the now in terms of the Yankee struggles, the fact that they're 500 in these, these last 36 games or whatever it is. It's about how it impacts October. So last night when we were talking about Garrett Cole, it wasn't just that he gave up the, the three home runs to the Mariners. It's how can you trust him going into a playoff series when he's your number one starter. When it's the bullpen, it's not about the individual games or the individual relievers when they're having their struggles. It's how much are you going to need to rely on the Yankee bullpen because of the questions you have in the rotation come October. And same thing with the trade deadline. It's not that I don't like Andrew Benatendi as a player. He's fine. But when there are better options available, uh, that's the way I want to go because come October, we're all in agreement. This is the year. You, you, can't, you can't have a successful year for the Yankees if you don't win the World Series. So that's why. Uh, and it goes for the Mets as well. I mean, the Mets are a little bit different because they have a, you know, a smaller lead in the division. They still have to make sure that they get that wrapped up so the, the exclusive focus is not on October just yet. But the same thing with the trade deadline. Like, what did we say? This is disappointing considering how many names have been mentioned and how it impacts October. I mean, even Jim Bowden gave him a C. Right. <laughs> he grades high. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, the Yankees got an A. I mean, and they, they barely put in any effort, right? <laughs> no, you I'm know? not saying that. And, and, and here's the thing. You know, here, and once again, as a Mets fan, I'm not complaining, okay? Steve Cohen has done wonders for this team. This is the, what he's put together here, and you understand that the money's available, so you're in the running, but he's already done with Scherzer and, and the team he's put together. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it, all right? But – Here's what you want as a as as a fan. You want your GM to be like the guy in San Diego, Gordon, because he yeah. went all in. He he's like, we're I want to win badly. We have to win. This guy's available. Whatever it takes to bring Juan Soto here. And Gordon, not only did he get Soto, he got Bell as well. So he was able to get two big time offensive weapons in 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 there. So that's I think when you and maybe it's unfair to compare. All right, but when you compare the not the not so much the talent, but the mindset, yes. right? That mindset of no, we want who the best player available because that's what all the general managers are supposed to do. Whatever the sport, whatever team you cover, that's what you want your general manager to do. I'm going out to get the best player available. That's what they did in San Diego. So I think that's what Gordon and I are for for Yankee Yankee and Met fans respectively is to say. Did they really go out and for the best player available? I don't think so. No, and that used to be the Yankee mindset, right? That used yes. to that was what the Yankees were known for. Not anymore, clearly. And uh, the Mets, we thought that that was going to be their mindset this offseason, uh, this uh, this uh, you know trading deadline. That that they were going to be going all out and and bringing in big pieces, making a big splash. And that is not the way they went, you know. And the fact that you know the the team in San Diego is more aggressive, you know, laid-back San Diego is more aggressive than the Yankees and Mets is, um, it's troubling. It's annoying. And, and shook, Gordon made a statement, shook the yeah. baseball world. They, they made a statement, and, and they're going to be good for a while, right? And, oh, by the way, Mets fans, you may have to end up facing them. Yeah, right? That's that's not not, not ideal. No. <laughs> Not what you want, as the, the <laughs> former Joe Girardi would say. Yeah, exactly. No. So, you know, that's the whole thing that, that, we're, con that we're addressing. And listen, 
But now the trade deadline's passed. This is the team you have. You just have to hope and make sure that everything goes well and, and that they've done their due diligence, Gordon, and scouting, and they know what these players can do and how, they, how they're going to fit in. And it's up to the managers and Shaw Walter and Boone to put these guys in the best position. And listen, the bottom line here is you're going to ride with your guys. You hope you don't get any injuries. Right now you want everybody back for that stretch run when we get to September. And then you want everybody in position where you could start to, as the Yankees will be able to do it, much quicker, but for the Mets, okay, what you want to do now is hopefully everybody's back and you have enough lead in September where you can start to rest guys and set up your rotation and do some things where you're ready for that October, when you get ready for the October feel. Do you, uh, let me ask you this, because um, since the Yankees got to the World Series, uh, not to the World Series, a game of, uh, away from the World Series against the Astros in 2017, we've seen the Red Sox win a World Series. We've seen the Astros obviously win a World Series. Uh, the Rays got to a World Series. Would the Mets getting to and winning a World Series, would that be the biggest uh, black eye on this, you know, turnaround that Brian Cashman has directed here, you know? Like, I think it would still probably be the Red Sox winning the World Series the year they did. I think it was 2018. Yeah. But, if you, yeah. I mean, you've watched your main rivals, the Astros, the Red Sox, the Ray, they've all been able to, to go past you and been better than you. The Dodgers, I mean, they're not really a rival because they're in the other league. You can't really face them. But they've been to the World Series, I think, three times in that span. They've won one. Uh, if the Mets were to get to and win a World Series this year, man, whew, that'd be a bad day for Brian Cashman. We'd love it. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, you'd love it. I wouldn't love it, but yeah. I mean, We'd it would be, love it. Yeah. Oh, we sure. We would love it, finally. Because for us, it's, see, we got a guy who wanted to spend a little money. Look what he was able to do. We could have gone further. Just think if they had, if the Wilpons had that philosophy. Just think where the Mets could have been. You know, so that would be our thought process. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.